The Spirit in me greets the Spirit in you. Time flies. It has been 10 years since I retired in 2012. I was then 58 years old, which was the mandatory retirement age in Ernst & Young, my one and only job for 35 years. I once heard a retired man talk about his retirement experience. He said, barely one month into his retirement, he lost five things. First, he lost the rhythm and the routine of time. Life was no longer from eight to five or eight to eight, whatever. Now that when he woke up, sometimes he forgot where was he. And he also has forgotten and did not know what he was supposed to do for that day. So he lost his rhythm and routine of time. Second, he lost his identity. Used to be a senior partner in a professional firm. Big deal. But now that he was retired, he did not know who he was. And third, he lost relationships. Relationships with his fellow partners, relationship with his subordinates, relationship with his clients. And now all these relationships are all gone. Fourth, he lost power. No more directing, commanding, instructing. No more bossing around except maybe to his own wife. And now... Not so loud. Now... He has to do his own spreadsheet and learn how to operate thumb drive. And fifth, he lost a sense of purpose. No more strategy to form, no more goals to achieve. He lost a purpose in life. And as I heard him share, I felt very, very sorry for this man. Because retirement shouldn't be like that. Obviously, he was totally unprepared for retirement. And true enough, soon after that, he went into depression. What about me? Not long after my own retirement, Pastor Peter Ling, who was then the senior pastor of this church, he told me there was no such word called retirement in Christian journey. It is only a change in the station of life when you retire from your secular career. He was correct. Because, you see, the only time when the word retirement or the word retire appeared in the entire Bible, I, I think that's the only time that the word retire appeared in the Bible was recorded in Numbers chapter 8, verses 23 to 26, the Lord said to Moses, This applies to the Levites. Men 25 years old or more shall come to take part in the work at the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50, they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meeting, 
but they themselves must not do the work. This then is how you are to assign the responsibilities of the Levites. You see, when the Levites work in the tabernacles, among other things, it requires physical strength, moving the cattle, moving the livestock, the goat and the sheep to the altar. Heavy stuff, you know. So it's really not a task for the elderly. Probably that was the reason why Moses said, at the age 50, you retire. But that does not mean that they cannot continue doing other works. Uh, they are not excluded from performing other duties. It is just a change in work responsibilities, not an end to work. So, retirement is not a biblical concept. It is a cultural concept. Did Moses retire? Did Paul retire? Did Peter or John retire? Do the military officers retire halfway in the middle of a war? You see, when God gives you and I breath, it is so that He has work for us to do, and our goal is to complete the task and to finish it well. Even though we may retire from our secular vocation, we should never retire from serving the Lord. Although the manners in which we serve the Lord may change according to our advancement in age. Millions of Christian men and women who are retiring from their secular career in their 50s or 60s, many of them have a good solid 10 to 20 years runway ahead of them that they can remain productive. So the question I have for you this morning is that what will it mean to finish our final years for the glory of God? C.S. Lewis wrote, You are never too old to set another goal or to dream another dream. Hilly Graham once said that old age may have its own limitations and challenges but in spite of all this, our latter years can still be some of the most exciting and rewarding and fulfilling times of our lives. Last month, uh, I had dinner with good friend, old friend, Michael Fu, Helena, and a group of Christian friends. And Michael must have been very happy that night because halfway during the dinner, he turned to Helena and looked at her and said smilingly, Life begins at 70. Probably Michael's, Michael, you're 70 right now, right? So he said, Life begins at 70. Good for you, Michael. Whatever you mean by that. Now, how old is old? What is the starting age of golden years? J.I. Packer, the great theologian, he passed on in 2020 at the age of 93. He wrote a book entitled Finishing Our Course with Joy when he turned 88. Now, it is, a, it is a little tiny book. You can finish reading that book. If you are a speed reader, you can finish reading the book in two hours. Now, in it, J.I. Packer said he classified old age 
into three categories. The younger olds, the medium olds, and the oldest old. And then he said those who are between 65 and 75, you belong to the younger olds. From, 65, uh, from 75 to 85, you are the medium olds. And then 85 and above, oldest old. So by definition, our golden years begin at the age of 65. Maybe we do a survey. Last night, I did a survey with the evening con- uh, worship service people. Only a few raised up their hand. How many of us here are into our golden years, meaning 65 and above? Raise your hand. How many? Don't be embarrassed. It's okay. Raise your hand. Okay. There are, there are a handful. There are more than last night. Thank you. And by, and by definition, I'm 68 this year. So I belong to the younger olds. The author of Psalm 71. I'm not sure whether it was David who wrote Psalm 71, although he wrote many uh, Psalms. Uh, uh, but whether it was David or, or other people, this person who wrote Psalm 71 was an old man. And in his old age, he asked God for one thing. What did he pray to God? And may this also be the prayer for those of us who are in our golden years. He said, even when I am old and grey, do not forsake me, O my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Pastor, if you you listen to the video clipping of Pastor Isaac, he mentioned that particular verse also. You see, the man whom I shared with you earlier on, that when he retired, he lost five things. He lost the rhythm and the routine of time. He lost his identity. He lost his relationships. He lost his power. He lost his sense of purpose in life. But it need not be like that. For us who are born again Christians, who anchor our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even when we are at our old age, when we retire, we won't lose all these five things. Instead, what I want to do this morning is to share with you what are the five things that you and I can continue pursuing. At our old age. One, keep living actively. Nowadays, I um, attend the Chinese service more often. Last month, after the Chinese worship service, at the fellowship hall, I bumped into Luo Tai. Now, Luo Tai is Pastor Richard Lowe's mother. And therefore, it's Sheila. Is Sheila here? It's Sheila's uh, papa. It's Sheila's grandmother. Lotta is 86 years old. So by definition, she belongs to the oldest old. But it is a joy to talk to Lotta because when I spoke with her, I can see so much peace, inner peace and joy that come up from within. At 86, she continues to live an active life. You know, she drives... She drives to church every Sunday with zero demerit point. <laughs> Better than the speaker this morning. <laughs> and she would ferry her group of elderly sisters. Where do they go? They go visitation. And Lord, I never stopped attending cell group. This morning, I was 
preaching at the Chinese congregation, so I was a little bit early. This morning, the first person who stepped into the worship hall, now Chinese worship service started at uh, 9 o'clock. The first person stepped into the worship hall at 8.21, because I look at the watch. It was slow time. At 8.21, she came to the worship hall. She sat down, quietly preparing herself, waiting to receive the words from the Lord. What time do you come to church? At worship service when we start at 10? Or do you come after 10? So Luo Tai was an example. She was, she was the Lao Da Jie, you know, among, among her peers. Then on the same day after that, I walked to Rainbow Center car park. And along the way, I met with another elderly lady. And this time it was Yu Yilian Nui Si. Yu Nui Si is the mother of uh, Pastor Elaine Kuo. She is 76 years old. So at 76, according to the definition, she belongs to the uh, medium old. And I always remember this elderly lady as one who would always prepare food, always cook for the children in their children camp. And then she would voluntarily clean out the church, mop the floor, clean the table, wipe the chair, so that the children have a have a good environment to conduct their event. Lately, she develops leg pain. So, cannot, cannot continue on with visitation. But that does not stop her from living life actively, and she continues serving the Lord. How? She stay at home, she pray for her family members, and he pray for the church brothers and sisters, and would take out the phone and call out brothers and sisters, who are in need. And these are just two examples of how our elderly ladies in our church who live life actively. And we thank God for all these elderly people. So next time, when you meet with someone who are in their golden years, including me, because I'm 68, stop and pause and talk to them. Encourage them. And say that we thank you for your life. We thank you for your testimony. And while you are encouraging them, I can assure you, you too will be encouraged. Do these people suffer from physical afflictions? You bet they do. We all do, don't we? Just now at the worship service, I told the congregation, Sixty-eight, my hair are getting wider and thinner. There are more wrinkles on my face. Movements are slower. Uh, memories are fading. Sometimes I forget names, you know. And therefore, next time when I talk to you without addressing you, it is not because I'm impolite. Most likely, suddenly at that moment, I cannot remember your name. But it's better than those who look at you and don't know who you are. <laughs> so, one day, Joy, Joy is my elder, eldest daughter. She's 37 years old. She asked me, she said, Lao Pa, why don't you dye your hair black? And I just replied plainly, there's no need to. Yes, 
at my age, my hairs are getting wider and there are more wrinkles on my face. But even if wrinkles should be written on your face, may it not be written on your heart. Because your heart, your, your, your heart and your spirit should never grow old. Never allow old age to define you and stop you from living an active life. Remember what Proverbs 20, 29 said? The glory of young men is their strength. Grey hair is the splendor of the old. So, for those of us who are into our golden years, we are faced with a choice. Either we choose that life is practically over and adopt a very pessimistic attitude and say, why do you know? Game over. How can we say, Dan si liao. Or, we consider our life as reaching the place of further commitment and surrender. In a way, life and death are constantly placed in front of us, particularly for people of my age, And God keeps saying, choose life and live life actively. So this is one thing we can continue pursuing. Number two, we keep serving the Lord. Each time when I meet up with friends whom I have not met for a long time, they would inevitably ask me, then also now that you are retired, what do you do? How do you spend your time? And I would always give them the same answer. I'm not busy, but I'm usefully occupied. I'm thankful to this church for giving me an opportunity that on my retirement year, the church gave me a task to strategize and plan out the second pillar of our vision statement, raising generations of disciple, uh, 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 servant leaders and disciples. You know, the Lord blessed this church a lot. You know, we, this church has got a large pool of new generation of young people and teenagers. When I first took over this, this task 10 years ago, I did a quick survey. Do you know, 54% then, 10 years ago, uh, 54% of our regulars are below the age of 40. Didn't do survey over the last few years, but it is still hovering around that, 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 that numbers. And that is a very good statistic. Because if the church consists of people, all of them are 60 years old and above, The church is in trouble. But then we have a big pool of young people, we have a big pool of elderly people, and we have a united Chinese congregation and English congregation and a large group of Cantonese-speaking fellowship. We thank the Lord for that. I long to see different generations of this church get connected. It is a waste to see People like us who are in our golden years, who have, so, who have decades of practical life experience and faith journey to share, and yet we are not connected to our young people. And some of them are just sitting next to you in the same row. And all of them are in this, in this century. Having been involved in this ministry over the last 10 years, I can tell you and I can testify that many of our young people are struggling with expectations and pressures given to them by the society and they are asking inside their heart, can we find someone with a little bit more wisdom and experience who are willing to help us, who are willing 
to walk the journey with us as we navigate our way through life. Who can be our mentor? You see, many of our young people, they don't come and raise from the Christian family. So when they come to church, they long to have someone who can be their spiritual elders, who can be their spiritual parents, not to nag them or lecture them, but to love them with the heart of the Heavenly Father, walk the extra mile with them, encouraging them, cherishing them. You say, oh, Brother Daniel, I'm, 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 I'm too old to mentor. Really? Are you older than Chin Lipo? Who at the age of 81. Seven years ago, the church assigned a young person for Lipo to mentor. He was then only 20-something. Now he has grown up to 30-something, has his own family, has his own children. And Lipo still faithfully takes time to connect with this young person whom the church asked him to mentor. Are you older than Andrew Go? Andrew is 80. He shared Christ, mentored some teenagers in the neighborhood school across the street. And one teenager came to know the Lord and is now attending our church. Indeed, I believe all generations of people in QBC can come together that our 20-somethings, our 30-somethings will mentor our teenagers. And many of them are already doing just that. And I thank the Lord for that. That our 40-something and 50-something can mentor the young people and mentor the newly married couple. Open up your homes to be the facilitators so that they can come and participate in the transition ministry. You know, we have various initiatives that we have. We have one-on-one mentoring. We have red-hot letter, although not too many read the Red Hall letter. We have prayer network and we have the transition ministry. Let me tell you something about this transition ministry. To date, we have 75 young people who are at the workplace who have participated this ministry and they have found it tremendously, tremendously helpful to them. And we are starting one soon. Michael has just registered. And what do they do? For 12 sessions, once a month, they will go to the facilitator's home who are willing to open up their home. First, they enjoy a fantastic good meal, and I can assure you that the meal is fantastic, which is actually the highlight of the transition <laughs> ministry. Then after that, this group of 8 to 10, you know, some from the Chinese congregation, some from the English congregation, will come together and they'll talk to each other and they'll share. They share about the work-life balances. They share about the temptations, the problems, the politics, the power struggle they face in the work, workplace. And then suddenly they realize, hey, I'm not the only one who has got this problem, you know. All other people have got the same problem. And that is that drawing point. Then they share, they pray, they come up with a, they come up with a, with a solution. So if you have not registered for the transition, go and register for the transition. A little bit of promotion here. And for us who are 60s, 70s, and 80s, you see, we have got the reservoir of experiences, of relationships, of connections, of successes, of failures, of dangers, all these lessons the young people never know before. We share with them, we can help them, and may we all together make mentoring the culture 
of QBC. Let it be QBC DNA. And we who are in our golden years can play an integral part of this journey. You see, when God created us, in addition to worshipping Him, He created us to do good work. That means to serve, to influence, to make a difference in the life of others. The gap between making a difference in the life of others and making no difference at all is not the lack of opportunities. There are opportunities aplenty. It's not the lack of talents. God give us spiritual gifts. It is the lack of a purpose in life. Sir Isaac Newton famously wrote, he said, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. And I like that. Are you willing to land your shoulders so that the young people of this church can stand on your shoulders to enable them to see wide and far, to help them to maximize their potential? If I can see further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. I would want to do that. It would be my joy to land my shoulders for anyone who stands on it so that I can help them in their life journey. We all can do that. It is only a matter of will. So number three, keep praying. Keep living actively. Keep serving the Lord. Keep praying. The book of Luke records the story of an elderly lady by the name Anna. Anna was 84 years old. At her age, a lot of things she cannot do. But she continued doing two things. What are the two things Anna did at her old age? She fasts and prayed in the temple. I can never overemphasize the importance of prayer. It is, it is a foundation upon which all ministry works. It is important. True, in our golden year, we find it very difficult to do many, many things. Our strengths are weakening. Our bodies are wearing out. We get tired more easily. Our memories are fading away. But there is one ministry that is time and age insensitive. Prayer. And when we pray, may our mind descend into our heart and from here we stand before the face of God. For it is the way to reach God is through the heart, not through the mind. And do you know all our below 40s in QBC, those who are within, between 15 to 40, as long as your names are registered in the church, you are being prayed for by someone older than you. Now, it is such a meaningful ministry. Like, this ministry doesn't cost the church one dollar, not even a single cent. And yet, we spread out the prayer network to include and cover all our young people in our prayer. So if you have been assigned to pray, you, I pray that you will diligently remember the names of these people whom you are assigned to and pray for them. It's such a meaningful ministry. Fast and pray for your family. Fast and pray for the church. Fast and pray for the nation. Fast and pray for the young people of this church. Fast and pray for yourself. 
that we all may finish well. Fourth, keep remaining faithful. You know, it is hard not to be reminded of mortality at this age of my life. Uh, so very often I hear of, oh, another classmate, another colleague has passed off. Another classmate, another friend has contracted critical illness. Death is the final enemy that we all have got to overcome. But when that day draws near, may we keep our faith. And with joy and assurance, we cross over to the other side and start the page of an eternal fairy tale story where every page is better than the page before. But in the meanwhile, keep living faithfully. But what, what is faithfulness? What is the definition of being faithful? Who are the people that the Lord called them faithful in the Bible? <clears throat> you remember the the parables of the three of the talents. The master gave talents to his three servants and to the first servant and second servant, the master complimented them. And what did the master say of that? You good and faithful servants. Why did the master call them faithful servants? Because they used the talents the, the master gave to them and they went and invest and they multiply more talents. But to the last servant, with one talent, the master reprimanded him and said, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, what has these talents to do with our golden age? Well, if you equate the number of talents to the number of remaining years that we have here on earth, then we who are in our golden years have a shorter runway, then we probably belongs to the category of one talent. We only left with one talent left, you know. But may we not be like that one talent servant whom the Lord called him wicked and slothful. Let us use whatever remaining time of life the Lord has for us and go and multiply and go and invest and be optimistic so that at the end of the day, the Lord can also call us you good and faithful servant. So let us Keep remaining faithful. Number five, keep loving. Family is the first institution established by the Lord long before the establishment of the institution of the church. And in scripture, there are many places that talk about how we relate to one another in the family setting between husband and wife, between parents and children, between grandparents and grandchildren, among siblings. And for us who are in our golden years, our children are all grown up or are growing up. A time will come. A time will come when our children will become independent and leave us and set up their own family. Now that is the natural cause of things to come. Unavoidable. But while they were still young, it is our joy and responsibility to provide for our children. However, children are at best our leasehold properties. 20 years, 30 years, they will grow out and get married and set up their own family. And we give them the blessing. They are leasehold properties. But your wife, your husband, 
It's not your leasehold properties. It's your freehold property. <laughs> Free to hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for each other, for as long as they live. So I said, appreciate your wife, appreciate your husband. Among the newlywed couple, appreciate one another. And for the, and for the people of old age, more so, more so for people of old age. You must learn to appreciate one another because most likely the one who is going to change your pampers when the days come is going to be your wife or your husband. I remember vividly on Jane's first anniversary of crossover. A group of church friends came to my house and kept me company and prayed with me, and I appreciated that. One of them asked me this question. He asked, what did you miss most throughout the whole year? That was seven years ago. I said, there are a lot of things I missed. But if I can turn back the clock, this is one thing I would redo it all over again. And I would want to appreciate Jane more, and I want to Praise her more. You see, I am so lavish in giving praises and compliments to my own church member. I always encourage the second generation. Never stop doing that. But when it came to my wife, who has changed her identity from Jane Cole to Jane Soul who is the flesh of my flesh and the bones of my bones. And yet I have not praised her enough. I have not made a point to appreciate her more. I was a hypocrite. And may the Lord forgive me. And the following day, one brother called up and said, you know what, Daniel, so before we came to your house last night, me and my wife were having a heated argument and we refused to talk to one another. And after the session, we held hands and walked out of your house. Thank God. As I look back, this is what matters. I have loved and been loved. The rest are just background music. Love is the motivation of Christian ministries. Love is the motivation that binds relationships together. Let love and joy of in, in the Lord keep us going. Make love your aim. So I have a lesson. I have a, I, 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 I have a task for all the husbands who are in the worship hall this morning. Not those who are husband of one, one wife, huh? Husband or one wife, raise your hand. Okay, you see, these are all husbands of one wife. Can I encourage you to do one thing today? When you go home, before you go to bed, tell your wife. Huh? Whether you call her honey, sweetheart, ama, or whatever. <laughs> tell your wife, but tell her, 
You are the best, and I appreciate you. Will you do that? Michael Fu, will you do that? <laughs> Helena, Michael nodded her, his head already. <laughs> Pastor Leonard, would you do that to Jennifer? Pastor Leonard. Eric, would you do that to Pastor Bell? Right, good. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, you have got retired deacon, current deacon, pastor of the church who will do that. You all must follow suit. Tell your wife, you are the best and I appreciate you. All right? So you see, there is still plenty of life, right? After 65, there is joy in serving Jesus. And no matter what kind of service the Lord wants us to do, let us serve Him with joy and never lose that joy. Because if you lose that joy, your ministry becomes a burden and you will soon, soon quit. But Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let us run our final lap with zeal and enthusiasm. Like the motto of ACS, right? Those who study ACS will remember the motto of ACS, right? The best is yet to be. It is not how you start that is important, but how you finish your race. For now, let us keep living actively, keep serving the Lord, keep praying, keep remaining faithful, and keep loving. The topic today was assigned to me by Pastor Isaac. It's an emptiness. But my question at the conclusion of the sharing with you is, is it really emptiness? Not really. There are still a lot of things you can fill out into this nest. Whether the nest is filled or empty is entirely up to you. May the prayer of that old man Recorded in Psalm 71, verse 18. Be the prayer for all of us. Even when I'm old and grey, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Oh, that God will give us a passion in our final years to live for the glory of God. The Lord bless you all.